What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 69 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. I'm your host, Taylor Ringold. My co-host Griffin Warner is here, and Griff is more excited to talk about episode 69 than any other episode we've ever had on this show. Isn't that right, Griff? Yes, that is correct, Taylor. It also is my birthday. So what a perfect day to have episode 69. I can't even think of what would be a better way to celebrate. Episode 69, it's the kid's birthday. He he is 23 years young. And <laughs> yes, yes. Keep it going. Yes. And, and this is the first World Series episode for you kiddos. Game one of the World Series. If you're listening to it Friday, it is today. Episode 69 will give you our game one predictions. We'll be breaking down game one of the World Series. Of course, if you listen to our last episode, we gave our full out predictions. Who's going to win the World Series? Maybe our predictions have changed in the last few days. We'll give you our overall confirmed picks of the World Series. And we'll actually dissect a little bit about game two and what we can see from game two. And maybe anything that's going to be popping out for us going forward in this seven game series griff we did not have a best bet last week we did say who's going to win the world series why don't we just jump out right now and reiterate what your picks is going to be for our listeners here who's winning the world series in your eyes and how many games the houston nationals will be world series champions and i think it will go five games i'm tempted to say a sweep but that's hard to see haven't had a lot of haven't had a lot of sweeps in the World Series in the past fifteen or twenty years. The last one that I can remember, without looking up the history here, was when the Red the Red Sox, excuse me, just burped here. Uh, the Red Sox beat the Rockies in a four game sweep in two thousand and seven. I want to say um, that was a long time ago. But for me, I have. Put out a video. You'll be this will be out. I put out a video on my Instagram and my TikTok. You can see me talking a little bit more about this. This whole series, my predictions. I have the Phillies winning in six games. That is a shocker to many. A lot of the sports books are seeing around a plus 165, plus 160, plus 170. Take it forever, you whatever you want. I have a feeling that this Phillies team will do something really special and we'll get into games one and game two in a moment. But Griff, what do you think about my kind of off the beaten path, little odd Phillies winning in six prediction? I mean, hey, go with God, man. I'm I'm really happy that you uh, <laughs> that you feel that uh, that's possible. Um, it certainly is. I mean, crazy stuff happens in the World Series, in the playoffs in general. The fact that the Phillies are here is uh, about as weird as I could even think of. But uh, let's get weird, you know. Um, I feel like you might as well just uh, light your money on fire. I feel like that'd be more fun. But, uh, you know, if it comes back and wins, then uh, I'll be very happy for you. And I will be giving you a virtual handshake. Virtual handshakes. But with uh, we will get into our game one breakdown in just a moment, because I do want to explain why I'm so confident in the Phillies in general, but I'm very confident in a game one win by the Philadelphia Phillies. And I'll say that in just a moment. But first, we need to talk about a free chance to win $1,000 cash. Griff, you like money, right? You like winning money? We, we always uh, try to win I money need, on the show. I need more, man. So, yes. You need more? I want to play this contest. Can I Can I change my name and sign up as, as Griffin Garner? 
You should. I mean, if anybody's listening, we've done this promo for a few weeks now. You guys should do this with us. It's a free chance to win $1,000 cash. All it is is a contest called Beat Mackenzie Rivers. It's NBA contest, $500 first place, and a $500 bonus. Last year, Mackenzie Rivers went on fire and had a profit of 64 units, NBA units, for that fact. They're right there last year. And for this contest, all you got to do as a contestant, you have to earn more NBA units than he did last year and win $500 cash and then an additional $500 as a bonus. That's $1,000 cash. Enter today, Griff. Enter today. You know how much it is to enter? Free. That's damn right, Griff. It is free to enter. Just go to pregame.com. Click on the contest to find the McKenzie Rivers NBA contest. Don't wait. The NBA action is on right now. My fantasy basketball team is killing it. Thank you to my number one pick in Jokic. Love watching the NBA, especially with fantasy, and especially with this free chance to win $1,000 cash. Go do it right now. Now, Griff, we have game one of the World Series on Fridays. We It's not Zach Wheeler in game one, which was a surprise to many. It is Aaron Nola is on the bump facing off. And your boy, my favorite pitcher of all time, Justin Verlander. So, give me your reasoning why or who do you think is going to win and why they're going to win in game one. Well, um, I was pretty surprised to see this change. And it made me wonder if everyone's healthy over here. Uh I don't know. I'm not trying to break any news that someone is unhealthy. Um, I do play in a fantasy league with Zach Wheeler's brother, but uh, I've heard nothing. It's pretty cool. I've heard nothing of maybe he's being tight lipped. I haven't heard him uh, saying anything about, about why this is happening. I'm wondering uh, if there's some reason that like maybe Aaron Nola is a little bit healthier as he wasn't on the IL as recently as Zach Wheeler was. Uh, And maybe that speaks to a little bit of how he'll perform if they need to get him going on short rest um, based on a two, three, two series playing uh, on the road on Friday and Saturday, travel day, Sunday, and then playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm thinking, unlike we, I mean, we talked about this. I did at nauseum probably for a lot of people uh, about Shane Bieber and the Cleveland guardians. It's a little different here because Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are both on um, like their second contracts. I think, um, maybe Nola is it. I know Zach Wheeler, obviously, because he was in San Francisco and then got traded to the Mets. So he's definitely been moving around quite a bit. Um, but I feel like the Guardians just, I mean, as a small market club, they weren't really in a w- to, willing to risk Shane Beaver, uh, nor Tristan McKenzie or really anyone in the rotation pitching them on short rest. I think that's why they ultimately got eliminated by the Yankees, because I think if they started their best, they had a good chance to, to stay in there. I, I think on this case, I mean, best Case scenario, I think you're seeing Aaron Nola pitch and come back on, on three days rest for game four. Um, I think if if it's 2-1 Astros at that point, you don't see that. But uh, that's that's my guess is, is my speculation is based on Nola recovering better because he's been a little bit healthier. Do you agree with that? I do. And knowing there's only two guys that the longest tender tenure Phillies on this team is Reese Hoskins position player-wise and also Aaron Nola. I like how they have the veteran Nola on the mound. This is his squad. Just I know Wheeler is more of the ace in this rotation now. I think it's 
you you can it seems like every other day you can kind of debate who is the ace of the team i probably say wheeler is if you want to say speculations or not about who if someone's a little hurt or someone is trying to rest a little longer i like having wheeler in game two for the fact that look if, if the phillies take an l in game one you need a you need an absolute w to tie up the series you have zach wheeler right behind him now, Aaron Nola struggled against San Diego Padres. He got kind of roughed up in that start. I think that was game two of the series. He got roughed yep. up in yep. San Diego. Yep. But he bounced back. I, I really think this is a, is a wise choice for the Phillies. I mean, either or, you're fine with whoever's going to start in this um, in this game one. I like how it's structured in this way. Just by the way, I thought about how it, if, God forbid, the Phillies lose in game one, they have a game two where – they have the better of the two starting game two. If that makes any sense. I'm just, I'm looking at the career numbers and that doesn't say everything about how they're pitching this year or health, things like that. Um, Aaron Nola really likes to pitch on five days rest. So it doesn't really make sense to me that he would go before Wheeler. Cause Zach Wheeler pitches much better, like pretty significantly better. I think um, on four days rest as opposed to five and six corner baseball reference, like his ERA is a half a run higher. Um, Zach Wheeler is with one, further day of rest so one more day of rest the era goes up 0.52 um and that's a pretty sizable jump for a guy that's been in the league for a long time and has pitched i mean a thousand innings between four days rest and five days rest um so i don't really know if that's a historical thing because aaron Null on four days rest is worst uh era 4.26 where it's 304 on five days rest so i mean that's a even bigger like way bigger difference um, so I'm thinking that's something health related, probably not the choice, um, based on those stats for sure. Um, and, and I don't really like that for the Phillies. I don't really like the Phillies chances as it's clearly been said on the last podcast and on today. Uh, I am curious what I guess gets you to, cause we should, we should really have our, our game one discussion as the best bets portion of the show towards that, that's kind of side. So from a macro point of view, sure. um, you're recording videos about the Phillies. I, I know you don't want to like front run and say exactly what's going to be on your thing, though. People could probably get a, a much shorter version of that on your TikTok um, while you're singing and dancing. Um, what do you <laughs> what makes you want the 165? I mean, certainly you could call this any matchup in the Major League Baseball playoffs a toss up. I just feel like these two teams are pretty different, um, at least in terms of talent. The reason I'm picking the Phillies to win the World Series I like their lineup. I like how I watched a lot, not just in the Padres series, which we saw a lot more maybe up front and center because there was just a lot less games to watch. Yeah. In general, when they faced the Braves and the Cardinals for two games and then in the series with the Padres, timely hitting and working counts was something I wasn't really going to expect. I wasn't expecting that in the Phillies lineup because we know coming into the season, they get add Castellanos, they have Schwarber, Harper, Real Muto, and then they have um, uh, Hoskins. Big home run hitters, like to swing the bat a lot, strike out a lot. Seeing more walks, I'm seeing more uh, situational hitting, I'm seeing more um, working of the count, and, and that goes a long way in a series and in a postseason series. And also, which is really important, is timely hitting. Gene Segura's two-run bloop single over Jake Cronenworth's head 
a clutch, clutch opportunity. We're seeing clutch hits by Alec Bohm in the Braves series. We're seeing clutch at-bats from Nick Castellanos in the Braves series. Reese Hoskins hit four home runs in the series against San Diego. Harper, of course, brought them to the World Series with one swing of the bat, hitting that two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth. Real Muto has been hitting really well. Defensively, Remuto has been great, of course, and we're seeing better defense, and we're also seeing some uh, bonehead plays by Bohm and Segura's made some sloppy plays here and there. But offensively, I'm seeing something different, and I think they're going to be facing some good pitchers. Your boy Verlander's had a great year. Valdez is great, most likely pitching game two. McCullers is probably to pitch maybe a game three, right? They've also faced other really great pitchers in this postseason so far. Darvish, Musgrove. You could, if you really want to, you could say Blake Snell. Some people might be different with that statement. They faced Max Fried and Charlie Morton, and they faced really good pitchers all throughout this postseason. I know Verlander's above the majority of those pitchers. I think they could keep up. The thing for me is, is the pitching, how that's going to be structured, how that's going to work out which is what we're talking about now. Is Aaron Nola going to be performing in game one up against a really tough place to play in Houston? I just, I mean, yes, I, I like the Phillies lineup. I feel like that's what's gotten them into playoffs other than playing the, uh, the terrible NLE schedule uh, besides the two teams at the top, everyone else seemed to be a free, free win. Um, I really like uh, Zach Wheeler. He's had an awesome postseason. I feel like there's still a lot to, to be seen from Aaron Nola at this point. And I don't really like the switch in, in the timelines, uh, I got to say. And I feel like that's probably not on purpose or it's on purpose, but it's not done because they want to do it, is my guess. Um, I feel like the Astros lineup is longer, um, maybe not as po- uh, powerful or potent. Um, and I guess credit the Phillies. I, I mean, maybe part of their high strikeout rates are working counts. Um, that's an important part of of work of getting any pitcher tired and trying to hit home runs is having to throw a lot of pitches so they make a mistake. Um, I have some concerns, I guess, and just overall about Verlander, considering he got hit so hard by the Mariners. But I feel like Phillies haven't seen him much, uh, so that's a pretty good sign for him. Um, I'm also a little alarmed that you're talking about boneheaded plays made by Alec Baum, and and uh, I feel like on the biggest stage of all of baseball, I feel like that will show up. And that's a scary thing where I feel like we know the Houston Astros will catch the ball. Um, so maybe the lineup isn't as sexy. It doesn't have Harper um, doing weird rocker signs when he crosses home plate and Schwarber, who seems to be doing an interview with uh, uh, the Fox guy, whatever his Ken name Rosenthal. is. Ken Rosenthal, every, every half inning from inside the dugout, the new feature of, of Fox sports playoff coverage. Uh, I think the series is on Fox Force. Yes. I just, I mean, I think there's also a huge discrepancy in the bullpen. And I think if these games are close, uh, which I would expect them to be, um, that's going to favor the the Astros on the stretch. I, I feel like if the Phillies are going to win this series, they're going to have to outslug the Astros and yes. it's going to have to be significant. Um, and I just, I don't know. I feel like the Astros have maybe not as high at the top as the two starters, though it really kind of feels like one with Wheeler. Um, but ultimately, if the Phillies can get one of the first two and then go home for three games, that could potentially put them in a chance to either win the series without going back to Houston or just potentially even needing just one when they go back to Houston, winning one out of two. 
And I feel like if you're the Phillies, you'll take that based on being a pretty sizable underdog. So speaking of sizable underdog, uh, you mentioned the Phillies. I have them at plus 165 on bet online. Uh, I have the Astros minus 190. So uh, about one to two. Um, so pretty much 60, around 66% chance for the Astros to be the 2022 World Series champions. Um, certainly don't fault you for liking the other side, especially because the Phillies have played so well this postseason and uh, a few home runs can win these games. They're all so tight. Um, I guess what what do you want to like? Do you want to is there anything else you want to say about this series specifically before I get into my uh, promo code, which everyone's waiting for? Yeah, I do want to mention just overall the, the two hitters that have been a little suspect a little bit for me on the Astro side of it, talking about two specific players and Yandor, uh, uh, Yonder Alvarez, and then also Jose Altuve, Alvarez, Jordan, Jordan. Jordan. What did I say? I think you said Yonder, like Yonder Alonso, Yonder Alonso, or, or yes. maybe you're thinking over Yonder, you know, over Yonder, like that. Sometimes they talk about it on Long Island, you know, they say Yonder a lot over there, Jordan Alvarez. There he is. 241 in the postseason. Now, you know, you look at that 241, seven games. All right, that's not terrible. In the Yankee series, it really it, he didn't play well against the New York Yankees, where he destroyed Seattle pitching, including shout out Robbie Ray in in the division series, which that's gonna be what a sad, gone. sad Scott Service. I hope he's like sitting right now on a lounge chair being like, Why the f- did I do that? Yeah. Anyway, yes, I agree with you. Talking about Alvarez, now talking about Altuve. Now, this is a big, big deal. Altuve is three for 32, and for people that can do math quick, that is under 100. That is 094 in seven games with 11 strikeouts. He has one extra base hit, three walks. It's it's not a good stat line, and you have to be worried about that. If you're maybe happy with the long layoff, maybe that could restart something. But last year in 16 games for for Jose Altuve in the postseason, he batted 209. So two years in a row of really poor performances in the postseason. But the good thing about this Astros lineup, Griff, is that there's people to pick up the slack. When Altuve and Alvarez are struggling, they have guys like Jeremy Pena and Yuli Gurriel, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman to pick up the slack and figure out, hey, look, if my boys are struggling, the two big boppers in our lineup, we can pick it up and win this ball game. That's gonna happen. It's gonna happen in both on both sides. But having an automatic out essentially for Jose Altuve, which is a whoa, sentence, whoa, he's an auto, he's an automatic out in the postseason right now. He has three hits in seven games, three for thirty-two. You didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. An automatic out for a guy like him, of all people, Jose Altuve, one of the best hitters of the last decade. It's a shocking thing to see. Now, if this continues in the World Series, this is going to be really hard for the Ash for the Phillies, sorry, for the Astros to win ball games. It might have been a little easier because the Yankees couldn't freaking score any runs. The Phillies have scored a ton of runs this postseason, and a lot of them from the long ball. If you have one of your prominent top of the order hitters not driving in runs, it's a lot, but you put a lot more pressure on the rest of your offense to try to get the job done. We've seen it work 
but how long is that going to last? Hopefully Altuve comes out of the slump and starts to hit for the Astros, but that could be a problem going forward in the World Series. Those are just some two things to take a look at on the lineup-wise for the rest of the series, how Altuve is going to hit and is Alvarez going to come out of his little slump. He's got a tiny slump. Altuve wants to start all over. Going three for 32 against the Mariners and the Yankees is horrendous. And he starts every day batting first or second in that order. Go wow. ahead, Griff. I got you shocked right now. Wow. 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 Well, I am I wrong? He's, he sucks right now. He's terrible. I mean, he looked, he looked fine to me in the, uh, in the last game of that, that series. Um, I, man, I, I, I kind of feel like if we had any listeners in the Altuve family, they're, they're gone now. Um, and I mean, maybe they deserve to be based on his performance so far. Three for 32 is certainly not Jose Altuve like, no. but like ultimately they've been, uh, they, I don't know who they is the Royal. They, a lot of people have been throwing dirt on uh, Mr. Altuve and sheesh. I don't really think it's deserved. Um, people hated him in the fantasy community and he was awesome this year. He had a tough series against the Yankees. He probably didn't really love getting, uh, constantly reminded of the buzzer he did or did not use um in the uh whatever that big series that made everyone mad a few times ago um i just man it's really hard to hear that uh especially for all this you're talking about the like co-favorite for the mvp at the world series jordan alvarez and then altuve the fifth favorite 11 to 1 um i feel like if they're listening i mean to he can easily come out of this. He can easily come out of this three for thirty-two slump easily with a week off and coming in starting game one and game two at home in the World Series can easily come out of it. All I'm saying is, if this continues, which it could, this is that's a big freaking hole in the middle of your lineup when a guy who's supposed to be a catalyst and drive in runs. If he can't get it done, that means guys at the bottom of the order have to put a little more pressure. And we know Martin Maldonado and Christian Vasquez won't be putting up big-time home runs for them when Altuve has to. That means Jeremy Pena, the rookie like him, and Bregman and other names need to step up at the bottom half of that order. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he can't. I think he can. But if it continues, that's, that's bad. That's what I'm trying to say. It's muy importante para las familias del... Alvarez y los Altuves a uh, oír para mí y no para Taylor Ringold porque es un mentiroso y no es importante para oír a Taylor. So now that we wow. have that out there. Can you, so now expl- we have, can, can you please explain to the community I just that said not simply speak Spanish. in as broken in, of Spanish as I can speak, um, don't listen to Taylor Ringold to the families of Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve. We <laughs> love you impressed. over here. That was we very love good. you over here. We do. We love you over here. Uh, we did pick uh, at least the Griffin. We picked uh, picked the Astros to win in five, and I do think that um, I mean all we're setting up for is a is a great redemption story. Uh, the the Astros in the World Series that struggled in the, in this. I mean, the, I don't know how many Astros struggled in that in that series, but uh, ultimately, and I don't I don't mean to throw any any stones um because it was Sounds tough like it. I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping that you're over it at this point you probably aren't but were, um, did you, were you putting redemption story and and astros in the same sentence i mean it would be kind of romantic you know at this point don't you think 
redemption story. This all this team does is win and cheat. So I don't give a shit about redemption. Yeah, and now they do it without the buzzers, and all of a sudden they win again. I mean, I feel like it's coming. We've buzzers, I mean, iPads. They're probably using Apple Watches now. Hey, Some iPads are legal. Red Sox. Everyone has an iPad now, apparently. Um, okay, so now we're getting into the the game one breakdown, um, and I guess we'll we'll just move to it. Um, do your promo real quick and then we'll get into our best bets portion with I, the let's game one. let's talk let's talk game one then we'll give then i'll do my promo then we'll give best bets Got just it. because i feel like with the ch- the pitching change that threw things off because we were talking about this earlier we didn't i don't think have a line the last time when we were recording on no. this first game so i'll read it off to you um currently we have aaron nola and the phillies visiting justin verlander and the houston astros and Verlander's a minus 162 favorite right now, over under six and a half. And just for some ref point of reference, um, the line has kind of fallen a little bit because where I excuse me, that's not true. It has grown a little bit. Let me let me rephrase. So my number, I was thinking that Wheeler would be a 130 underdog plus 130 at Verlander. It came out like 145. I think I saw it as high as 149, which is about where we are exactly now. So that tells me that there's not really a huge difference between the two starters in the market's mind, at least at this point. Um, and I don't really agree with that because I think we've seen a much different performance or set of performances from Zach Wheeler, who's been perfect, basically. So for one bad inning, which I think had some bad defense behind him, and you could blame Reese Hoskins. He did go to the ground, so it probably can't be an error, but like a misplay that really led to three runs. And I feel like that's the only runs that Zach Wheeler was giving up this whole playoffs. I think he's going to have another tough challenge here and we'll see how he does. But um, to me, it doesn't really make sense to rate Nola and his postseason, his kind of penchant for, he can be really good at times, but he usually has a bad inning. And I feel like he's a six innings, three runs type of quality start more often than he's a seven innings, two runs or, or six innings, one run type of guy. And I feel like he's going to have to really squeeze the Astros and keep them really close or else this is going to be a series of the, or at least a game one that the Astros can take. Um, Don't you think that Nola should be downgraded a little bit and the odds should be longer for game one compared to Zach Wheeler? Um, maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, from what, what you're looking at these lines, what do you, what do you, what is it telling you exactly about Aaron Nola? I mean, it's telling me unless we were wrong the whole time, but I feel like there was, I mean, you sent me a text where someone tweeted that there was a specific change from Wheeler to Nola. So that tells me that there was initially the plan to start Wheeler here. And to me, that is deserved because he's been so good in this playoffs. Um, We haven't seen Aaron Nola since he got rocked in the fifth inning by the Padres and gave up a million runs. Um, He was up four, two, I believe going into that, that inning gave up four runs for six total. I don't think the bullpen really helped him behind him, but um, that's a pretty weak offense. I, I got to say in a very big pitcher's park, um, certainly he's, he's used to throwing in a, in a hitter's park to say the least at Citizens bank park in Philly, but um, the Astros have that really small Crawford boxes in left. I don't feel like right field's very deep. I think there's a lot of room if you go straight away center, but you can probably say that about most ballparks in this, uh, in this world. Um, I feel like they're, 
this is not because the Phillies want to do this. I feel like this is because they had to, which does make me a little worried about Zach Wheeler's status for game two. Now that I think about it, because I feel like this was a choice that they were forced to make. I don't think they wanted to. And I just don't think that Nola's going to go very deep in this game against a really tough Astros lineup that is going to work counts just like the Phillies will with Justin Verlander. And that Houston Astros bullpen is a lot longer than I think what you'll see from Philadelphia at least with arms that I trust, because uh, I don't know how many there are at this point in that Phillies bullpen. Well, seeing that we're talking about game one and we're talking about Nola a lot, I do want to talk about Verlander. Okay. And I've said before, one of my favorite pitchers of all time. I know it's just your guy. For the, you did a great futures bet on him winning the Cy Young. So shout did out I win you. that yet? What the heck? When I mean, goddamn, you might be. You might be. Right after. Anyway. Does the, hold on, before you said that, does the World Series, I mean, they had to vote by now, right? They can't, like, wait for the World Series. Because I wonder if he, like, kills in the World Series. Like, no, that's it's going to be great. regular season stats only. Like, just, yeah. like, regular performance. Yeah, but, like, um, you know, all these, like, Ken Rosenthal's the world. And he's so, like, he's going to be jumping up and down in that dugout when he's not supposed to be rooting for anybody. Like, oh, my God, Justin Verlander. Oh, my God. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's a he, – he, look, what I'm trying to say here is that Verlander, in his career, pitching in the World Series, it has – there's a lot of experience in it, and it's all negative. 0-6 with a 5-6-8 ERA, 38 innings pitched, nine home runs allowed – and a whopping out of 38 innings, he's let up 24 runs in the World Series, dating back from his first appearance in 2006 when he faced the St. Louis Cardinals, went 0-2 in that World Series. Then he went on to 2012 against the Giants. He went 0-1, only went four innings in his only start, let up five run runs. Uh, and, and in 2017 versus the Dodgers, that was the year, of course, they won the World Series. But he also went 0-1, 12 innings in that start. And then, of course, in 2019 against the Washington Nationals, goes 0-2, 5-7-3 ERA in that postseason World Series in 11 innings. He's, his team is 1-6 in, in his seven World Series starts coming into this World Series. Now, does that alarm you at yeah. all? Yes, it does, and that is why I am not going to be picking Verlander to get a W in game one. Verlander has struggled. It's not like just one or two starts. We're talking seven starts. He's 0-6, and his team has won one of his seven starts, and it's almost 40 innings pitched. He's got a lot of walks, 14 walks in 38 innings. He's led up a ton of runs. It's not what you want to see at your big game pitcher, who's also had one bad start in this year's postseason, lining up six runs against the Mariners. Yeah. So, well, a lot to I, think about going into the World Series in game one. It's a lot. You know, he did bounce back against a little league lineup, I guess, with six. Hey, oh, oh, <laughs> whoa. Uh, you know, well I, think, the Yankees. I think at this point, you know, you could probably argue that. Uh, maybe he was having a tough time during those World Series. Kate Upton wasn't leaving him alone, or maybe was leaving him alone too much. These are some. This is some bullshit excuses. Now, which I'm now, trying he, to hear. now he's got. I mean, they've had the babies. I think. Like, how much can they really do at this point? Uh, I don't know. I'm very surprised to hear that, and that makes me think he's a choker. Um, I hate to say that, Kate. I know she's listening, but 
Um, just when I, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers and they are grotesque. Uh, his last World Series start for the Astros when they lost to the Nationals, uh, I think in the 2019 postseason, yes. when they were mm-hmm. cheating their, you know, what's off, uh, or maybe they weren't at that point, but um, actually, I think they were. But his last start in game six was a loss. He went five innings, he gave up three runs. That's pretty mediocre for Berlander uh, standards. Game two of that same series, six innings pitch, four runs. I mean, that was an awesome Washington team that were super hot. But then you go back to 2017 World Series. He had two quality starts against it at the Dodgers. So, I mean, not so bad there. Uh, I feel like six innings pitch, three runs, though, feels like underwhelming performance from Verlander at this time based on like what he's done this season. Uh, but that Seattle start was definitely alarming. I do think that that helps that it was a team that has seen him a lot in Seattle. But then again, and in the World Series, the Nationals haven't seen him a lot. He's been the AL his whole career. The Dodgers haven't really seen him a lot. So, I, you know, I can't really put my finger on why. I did go to one of his starts. I saw him get absolutely bombed by the really? Indians at the time. Yeah. Um, There's this guy in front of me, this Indians fan, who was just, like, losing his mind about how Verlander was, like, too into Kate Upton. So maybe that's what's dawning on me as I was talking about this earlier. But um, yeah, he, he got pulled pretty early, which was bizarre. I hadn't really By seen that from him. 2018? Uh, might have been only, before that, even. I only um, see one start of his first it was not. The, it was not the postseason, so it was... Oh, okay. Um, Never mind. It was a regular was season game. Okay. Um, I just I was in a wedding and whatever. No one cares about that. But I, I saw him pop a tire in Detroit. It was not really a great place to pop a tire, I'll say. But uh, I got to see some very uh, colorful parts of town because I couldn't take the highway to the airport. Anyway, um, I mean, that does worry me. I'm as I think anyone who's listening to this podcast throughout the season will know I'm not really into uh, laying big numbers like 162 on a favorite, especially in the playoffs where things are are all over the place. Um but sheesh, uh, yeah, not good, man. Look, he has the experience in the postseason, 197 innings. In his postseason career, that's over 21 series pitched over it's nine years in the postseason. He has the most strikeouts out of any pitcher in postseason history at 219, which is definitely something Verlander could and would do, right? He's going to strike at a lot of guys. But the amount of earned runs that he's just done in seven starts is alarming, like really, really alarming. And we know what kind of guy he is. In the ALCS in his career, dominating. 301 ERA, 80 innings, 90 strikeouts, absolutely dominant. World Series, 5-6-80 ERA. So for everybody out there that's maybe thinking that game one is a freaking in-the-bag W by the Strohs, think again. I understand it's Verlander. I understand the Astros are the best team in the American League by a long shot. But having this much of uh, Poor success, poor, poor outings year in and year out, four different years in the World Series, and nothing to show for it, for it except for one uh, ring. But he doesn't have a freaking single win in the World Series. So that's definitely something to keep in mind when you're betting on game one. All right. Uh, well, that brings us to the second version of trying to get you all richer. Maybe not to win the thousand dollars in the beat McKenzie Rivers contest because, uh, that's an actual way to put money in your pocket. Correct. Here, instead, we're going to save you some money. Use the promo code FALL20 
fall, you know, the, the leaves are changing, getting all crackly when you step on them on the ground. At least they're not here in Dallas, but they might be where you are in Long Island. Um, use the right. promo code FALL20, get 20% off for listeners of MLB Podcast. For any site purchase on the pregame.com website, could be my picks that come out nightly or early morning, could be AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, plenty of people, professional handicappers on the site that are giving you their insights into the betting markets that they follow um i'm sure there's a huge college football we have other podcasts of course and you can get any access all your access you want uh and you get it essentially what i'm putting out there is, is my overnight thoughts before i get into the cards in the next day um hopefully that leads people to to finding more winners that may, i might even skip but uh use a promo code fall 20 and uh we get some credit for you guys using it so uh, our bosses will like us a little bit more. So make sure you punch that in next time you purchase anything from us at pregame.com. So we're now at the best, best portion of our show. And I'm going to let uh, Taylor lead us off because, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i I'm a gracious winner at this point. Yeah, I, I just feel like I haven't gone in a long time first, which maybe it's because I, I've had a lot of success. But I don't know, this postseason, I feel like I've been getting second hands. But it's what, you know what? It's fine. And I'm going to get a W here and have – the winning streak started. I'm there taking the Phillies. I'm taking the Phillies on the road at plus 149. I'm I like them on the road, and I just told everybody why. Verlander, 0 and 6, 38 innings pitched in the World Series. His teams are one and seven in his starts. It's very alarming being you're the number one pitcher on your team, and you are starting game one at home, by the way. So that's a good thing to to maybe bet against the Strohs in that matchup. And I really want to see how Harper is going to face Verlander. It's going to be power versus power in that in that first inning, which is going to be electric. Taking Aaron Noah, Aaron Nola, and the Phillies game one of the 2022 World Series on the road. Dogs, roof, roof, plus 149. Lock it in. Nice. Uh, next next year, we're gonna have you do the bark barking for uh, every, every pick that I dog. make. That's that's, that's uh, plus money, especially if this one wins. I mean, can't mess with success, as you know. I'm looking over some of these props right now. Um, Astros over one and a half errors. That looks pretty great. I gotta say. I mean, this might be a long series if, if, if the Phillies do win it. I mean, I feel like that should take two games for them to hit. Uh, but seeing the, the drastic difference between arrow lines in this one, seeing the Phillies at over three errors, and you got that minus 130. So the juice is, uh, I mean, juice basically anytime Alec Bohm's out there, they're like, oh, here we come. Hit the, the juice is loose, baby. Juice is loose. Um, I don't really feel, I mean, I have some faith in Justin Verlander to bounce back, but that is a really, really ugly World Series record. I just feel like the Astros are a lot better than the Phillies. So I am not going to mess with um, that first game. Instead, what I'm going to give to the kiddos is a series handicap. I'm going to go Astros minus one and a half games. That's even money. If they win four to two, you cash. If they win four to one, like I'm predicting, you cash. If they sweep, be the easiest money of your life. Maybe not the easiest money of your life, but Ultimately, I don't think this is a close series. It's weird for me to say that because as I think anyone who listens to this knows that I love the underdogs, but uh, I'm going to take the Astros giving one and a half games. So they got to win by two games in this series for this to win. And I think they do it. And you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. We're going to come back on Sunday night, probably recap 
Friday and Saturday's games, get you prepped for games three, four, and five. Best bets will come around likely for game three. Um, and if you want to follow or co- come along for a ride with any of the soccer stuff, follow me on Twitter, slide some DMs if you want. Also stay tuned for a podcast with Mackenzie Rivers from the Beat and Mackenzie Rivers NBA podcast co- a competition. Uh, we have a soccer pod coming out tomorrow, most likely. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, now, Taylor, give us yours. And uh, uh, let's sign off so I can go start drinking. Yes, happy birthday to you, Griff. Thank you. You guys can follow me at Taylor Ringled on Twitter. And you guys can follow me also on Instagram, Taylor underscore Ringled and TikTok. And also go follow me on my website, TaylorRingled.com. I'll be posting videos throughout the rest of the baseball season, including the new video that is up right now talking about this overall series. And you guys know who I'm picking. You know what? Go throw me a follow and a like. Comment on it if you want. Appreciate that. Great episode here. Episode 69 is Griff's birthday. Nice. Game one of the World Series is nice. underway this nice. day. It is nice, and we are freaking thrilled to be here in the World Series. We appreciate you guys sticking around the entire season and stick around for the rest of the postseason. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you guys on Monday's episode, recapping games one and two and giving you a sneak peek for the rest of the series. We'll talk to you guys soon.